0: Hello, I'm Father Dan Serratori from the St. Benedict's Catholic community in Burwood, Melbourne, and welcome to our podcast. We hope you're blessed by this homily recorded at our Sunday Mass. May it enrich you and may it inspire you to embrace more fully the love, the life, and the mission of Jesus. Enjoy. So this gospel scene we have today is the the second half, really. It's a two-part episode of what we heard last week, where Jesus came to Nazareth, to his hometown, stands up in the synagogue, and last week we heard the text from Isaiah that he reads out to the people. Um, And then they're all, you know, amazed and wondered, but then he keeps on speaking. And today we hear how they turn on him very quickly and decide to not only hustle him out of the synagogue, but also try and kill him, throw him off the hill. So during the week, I went back to Nazareth where I grew up, not Nazareth the town, but Nazareth College, where I had gone to school, and I was invited to go back and celebrate Mass for the teachers on their first day back, or the staff, and I stood in their midst and opened up the scriptures and tried to teach them, and thankfully they didn't react like the Nazarenes here did, and they didn't try and kill me. Um, but perhaps it would, have, it would have been a good experience to, to draw close to Jesus and relate with him in I think when we, when we see a text like this, we're, we're much more apt to try and look at it from Jesus' side. Um, and we can think of these Nazarenes who reject Jesus as evil, bad people who, you know, we, we love Jesus and we, we would never do a thing like that. These people must have had, you know, terrible, bad, bad hearts and, you know, they didn't know God and they didn't know who Jesus was. Um, but I'd like to, today, see if we can take the Nazarene side and see this scene from their perspective, because I've been, I looked at this text and was kind of wondering, how, what is it that makes them turn so quickly? We hear that, that Jesus starts teaching them, and it says, he won the approval of all, and they were astonished by the gracious words that were on his lips. Okay, so good news at that point, they're all enjoying his teaching, they're all kind of at awe, in awe of him and hanging on his every word, but then only a few verses later, we hear that everyone in the synagogue was enraged. That's a very sharp turnaround in a very short space of time. And what is it that's made them do that? It might be, um, like, we might think that it was that he took this messianic prophecy and claimed it for himself. Um, That's what the Pharisees are often getting enraged at him about. Uh, You know, it's heresy. He can't kind of claim that for himself. But that's not at all. When When he takes the text of Isaiah to himself, that's when he's approved of. That's when they're amazed at him and they're in his favor. But as he goes on, he says that the, the people want him to do miracles, to do wonderful things in their town, and then he explains why he's not going to do so. That's when they get enraged because they want Jesus to do wonderful works amongst them and he won't do what they want. Now, has any of you, I know this might be an unreliable experience, but has anybody ever wanted something from God or asked for, for something from God in prayer and not gotten it? Yeah, a few <laughs> nods and plenty of hands up. Okay, that's a strong reaction. <laughs> it's a very relatable experience, <laughs> not, not uncommon at all. And I imagine when that happened, you may have been upset, or a bit frustrated, or perhaps even angry at God. So we can understand where this this rejection comes from, from the Nazarenes, um, because we too can reject God in our hearts. And in fact, it's the whole story of It's not the whole story, but it's the consistent element of God's relationship with humanity. That he loves us, and we reject him. He created us to be in relationship with him, and we turned away from him. And the whole history of humanity is God reaching out to us, trying to draw us back, and then we turn away again, or we push him away again and again and again. And then so we come to Jesus, and just like here in this text where he comes with good news and proclaiming liberty, and then the people get upset and want to reject him and turn him away. That's also what happens in the whole of Jesus' mission, that he comes to bring good news and freedom and liberty and new life, as we were reflecting on last week, but we reject him. The people couldn't accept what Jesus was coming to bring, and they put him to death on the cross. So it's, important for us to recognize that, yeah, we all reject Jesus in our own different ways, but also that this is Jesus's way of bringing us new life, that he comes and meets us in our rejection, that Jesus came and allowed himself to be rejected by humanity and put to death. And that's how he wanted to bring us freedom from this rebellion that's in our hearts. So we recognize that we reject Jesus, but also that he wants to meet us in that rejection that's within us. Now, the rejection that we put up towards Jesus in our hearts might look a little bit like what the Nazarenes do in this scene, but it might look a little bit different. It can look different ways in each of us. It it might look like this disappointment that we wanted God to do something. We wanted God to give us something or to act in a particular way, and he didn't. And that might bring us disappointment or even frustration and anger. That could be in little things that we just we were praying for a pony or something and God didn't give it to us. But it could also be in much, much bigger things, things that affect our life in far more dramatic ways. And that can actually stir up in us a, a great disappointment or frustration with God, even an anger towards God, because we expected him to act in some way. We wanted him to act in some way, and he didn't. This kind of rejection could also show up in a stubbornness within us that perhaps God's calling us to walk some path of life, calling us to to live with him in some way, but we might not quite like that path and we want to kind of do things our way, hold on to this part of our life. So we, we reject God and his plan in that way, by that stubbornness that we show. It can also just be sin and falling into sin we make those decisions that, that put us at odds with God. may just be that, that we keep falling in the same ways again and again and again. And we can even find this anger or frustration at God that why, why am I still sinning like this? And why haven't you fixed me? Why haven't you gotten rid of this sin? You know, Jesus, my savior. This anger and frustration can really build up in us at times. And I know looking at the experience of, anger, as I've seen it in my own heart, um, that when it becomes really intense, anger really wants to do away with what is upsetting me. I want to get it out of my life. So I can understand when these Nazarenes hear Jesus upsetting him, and they, they not only want to get rid of him, but they want to kill him. So I can relate very much to this experience of being upset at what Jesus had to say, and this response that they make. There's a very common belief, though, when we find this reaction within ourselves and our relationship with God that we can tell ourselves, I shouldn't be angry with God. I shouldn't be upset with God. I shouldn't be frustrated with God because, you know, I love God and God loves me and I want to be in relationship with him and um, if he's doing something, it's for a good reason. Now, there's some truth in that, that, yeah, God wants us to be free to love him and to grow in that freedom to be able to love him and when we are perfectly holy and fully in relationship with God then we won't have the annoying agitating feelings of being angry at him but at the moment when we're feeling angry at him that's just the truth of how we are if I'm feeling angry at God I'm feeling angry at God and by telling myself I shouldn't be angry at God I can't change that feeling and it's in fact unhealthy if we're trying to make ourselves be in some other way, feel like when I come to prayer, I should be feeling peaceful and holy and nice and putting on my nice face before the Lord. Or when I come to church, I, I should be putting aside those angry feelings. I should be putting aside those frustrations and, and praising God because he's loving and all these things. But if I'm feeling angry, it's actually, it's doing a sort of violence to myself to deny those feelings, but if we go back, we remember that Jesus knows the state of our hearts. He knows that God in relationship with humanity will, will meet with rejection. And he comes to meet us in our rejection. And that's the place that he wants to meet us to bring life. And we can, we can want to put aside those feelings because, you know, perhaps my anger will get the better of me or it'll overcome me. But whereas we might be afraid of those feelings or those experiences, Jesus can handle our anger. Jesus can handle my rejection of him. Jesus can handle my being upset, my being frustrated. In fact, he has overcome all of this this turmoil within us. He's overcome our rejection. He's overcome the anger and the frustration, the upset that's within us. Because he came and met humanity and we killed him and we rejected him. But he brought us to life through that encounter. So my encouragement today is to pay attention to, to accept and acknowledge these ways in which we can be frustrated with God, that we can be angry at him or we can reject him in our hearts for these various different reasons. And Very much like last week I was talking about accepting and acknowledging that fact that we are the poor and the weak. If we want to accept and acknowledge that this rejection that's in our hearts towards God, we can do so in similar ways. So by honestly sharing with our brothers and sisters, having those relationships where we can say, yeah, I'm angry with God at the moment, or I'm really upset that this thing went this way. Also through the great grace of reconciliation where, again, God wants to meet us in the truth of our having rejected him in sin. But the, the one thing I wanted to add to that today was about the honesty of our prayer, of coming to God and being able to bring to him how we feel. If we're feeling angry or upset or frustrated, we can be honest with him. And there, there are many different ways of praying that, but I just want to mention how we can pray with scripture. Because as I said, we can look at a text like this and only want to enter into it from Jesus' side and kind of be the victim of their rejection with Jesus. But what if we looked at this text and related to this rage that the the Nazarenes have towards Jesus and go, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling angry at God at the moment. I can relate with that. Or what if we go into, say, the book of Exodus and there's times when Moses is trying to lead the people through the desert and he's like, God, why did you ask me to lead these people? They're terrible and they keep on turning away and they're unfaithful and I don't want to do it anymore. You know, there are so many other examples. The Psalms are a great collection of the whole range of human emotions, really, and they're gifts to us from God that we can pray in this way and express exactly what's on our heart to him. Because God knows what's going on within us, even better than we know ourselves. And he wants to meet us in the truth of that. Whether our hearts are fully in love with him at the moment or, or whether we're feeling frustrated and upset, whether we're feeling like we wanna push him away, Jesus can handle that. He wants to meet us in that. And that's precisely where he wants to bring us life and freedom. You can find reflection questions for this homily at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash homily. Thanks for joining us today and have a great week.